0: Hello everyone, here is Danielle with another episode of our e show. And today I'm here with Antoine Gagné. And if you stick to the end of this conversation, you will learn a lot about Facebook ads, media buying, especially on the French market. And not just e-commerce business owners, but he also works with info product businesses. So it will be really interesting. Also, before we jump into it, I just want to give a shout out to Jason Swank because without him, we couldn't be connected. We are both in his agency mastermind. So Jason, I hope you are listening to this podcast at some point. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Buda Media worked with more than 100 e-commerce clients and generated an eight figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to thebudaimedia.com and just send an email or actually you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested to work with us. So how are you today?
1: I'm very good. Thanks for thanks for asking, Daniel. I'm very happy to be on your podcast today.
0: So your company, J7 Media, what is the main purpose and, let's say, the mission of the company?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good question. So basically, we are a Facebook advertising agency. We've been in business for 10 years now, actually. I oh. just realized that, that we started this company in 2012. We were basically a social media shop at the beginning managing you know facebook page and instagram accounts for restaurants we did that for several years we changed a bit our approach in 2017 and from 2017 to now actually we've been running ads for e-commerce businesses on facebook and you know our mission is very simple we help companies that want to go from growth to hyper growth that's how we position ourselves and we're managing right now over 30 million dollars a year in facebook advertising for e-com brands so i guess we know quite a lot about these kind of ads funnels for these uh, direct-to-consumer companies.
0: Amazing. I'm just curious what happened around 2017. Why did you change the direction?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good question. So, you know, if we go back 2012, you know, having a Facebook page, Instagram was just created like it was not a big thing. Not necessarily a lot of businesses had a Facebook page at that time. And, you know, in 2012, you just post something on Facebook and you were getting thousand and thousand of them impressions, the algorithm was totally different. So at that point, it made sense to offer these kinds of service to different companies. And I decided to niche in the business and work with restaurants. So we did that from 2012 to 2016, like I told you. But then in 2016, we realized that the game was not the same as before. Reaching people for free on Facebook was not a thing anymore. You needed to pay to get the attention of, of the end consumer. And at that time, we realized that if we want to still be relevant in what we do, we would need to adapt a little bit our approach. So we already had the creative studio inside our company. We were already creating a lot of content for our clients. So we asked ourselves, what piece is missing? What are we missing here? And we realized that the thing that was missing the most was the media part. How can we distribute the content more properly? So at that time, we kept the creative studio and we added to that the missing part, which was the media. You know, we hired a bunch of people who were good at managing media. We trained ourselves. We became good at running ads and Facebook. And then we mix our creative abilities to our advertising abilities. And these two together became what we are today. So I guess to your question, we changed our approach just because the market was telling us that we will not be relevant anymore if we don't change the way we were operating our company.
0: Yeah, I'm happy that you could acknowledge this back then. Because uh, yeah, online marketing, it changes constantly. And (laughs) You know, you have to realize these things. So, and let me uh, ask you about the future. So maybe it will be the next milestone for you that uh, you start doing not just Facebook ads, but TikTok ads or something else.
1: You're spot on. I I can tell that you're in the agency space (laughs) because yeah, that's, that's a thing now. So yeah, we're recording this podcast on April, 2022. And I guess a lot of e-com owners, e-com marketing directors are asking themselves, is Facebook still relevant? Can I? I only work with Facebook to grow my, my e-com brand? Actually, the answer is yes. The answer is yes to, to the fact that Facebook is still relevant, even if the stock is going down, even if iOS 14 changed a bit how things are, it's still a super powerful platform. No doubt. No doubt on that. That being said, it's also the first time since Facebook exists that they have competition in the social space. Before, obviously, they had competition with Google in the advertising space, but they didn't have really competition in the social space. And now, like you said, TikTok is definitely a key player. So with all that in mind, that in the past year and a half, we asked ourselves a lot of questions again, like how, where are we going with everything? And we realized that I think a bit like you then, I think maybe 90% of our clients are e-com brands. We also acquired different e-com companies just to put ourselves in our customers' shoes to understand what it is, what it is to own an e-com brand. So we did that. We're working with a lot of e-com brands. So at at point we asked ourselves what is the next thing for us and we came to the realization that we would need again to change a little bit of our approach so it's interesting that you asked me this question because we're actually launching next week so we're on April 15 so maybe when the podcast will be released this new brand will be live and up and running we're launching the brand pure commerce so pure commerce what it is it's actually a marketing agency for e-com brands so in the past two years we started other departments in our Companies. We did email marketing with Clavio. We are a strong partner with Clavio. We're doing a lot of TikTok ads as well. We acquired six months ago a Google Ads agency, and we realized that all these things together should have and shouldn't be integrated into a different entity. So we're launching in the next week a brand called Pure Commerce. We're keeping J7 Media alive. J7 Media will still be a Facebook advertising agency. We do think that it's still relevant to be extremely niche in one specific category. So J7 Media will still be a company, but all the other people inside our company that are doing other kind of work will be integrated in this new entity, which is called Pure Commerce. So that's a bit where we are going as an agency. And from the acquisition side, we continue to also look at acquiring different e brands just to understand a little bit how things are going into the client side
0: interesting i think in the mastermind where we are there are almost 100 agencies and you are not the only e-commerce agency owner who has a uh, e-commerce brand i think that is i, I cannot name them because I, I cannot recall the name but uh, these guys they also have a podcast and they have their own e-commerce brand and they share all the revenue the profits and everything all the curves and people can track it and see it and it's interesting for yeah. transparency reasons but also the agency understands how an e-commerce brand operates. I think it's the best thing. I think uh, honestly, it's the best thing because as agency owners and people who are
1: in the service space, we can definitely understand what it is to manage media, manage services for e-com brands, but it's sometimes hard to understand exactly what the client is thinking, what the client lives. And by acquiring different companies in the um, e-com categories, it definitely opens your eyes to things that you didn't know and things that you couldn't understand without having these brands. So I do think that for any agency owners that maybe is listening today, being on both side can can help you understand a bit more how you can help your clients at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. So I have a few quick questions, let's say. I think you can answer these shortly or or long as you wish. So what's your number one advice for e-commerce businesses in 2022?
1: Right now, what I do see, I would say double down on emails acquisition. Like it was easy in the past to just run ads and generate conversions straight from your ads. And it's not as easy anymore. Double down on running media to acquire more emails and making sure that your email list do not only receive promos, flash sales, yeah. and these type of things. Extremely important to maintain a community. I do think that maintaining this community with email is a great way. There's also other tools, other platforms that you can use, like Discord, like a Facebook group. But maintaining a community with your email database, actually for me as an ecom owner now, I would say this is my main priority. And that's what we do see works super well with our clients as well.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I really agree with that. And also... I think uh, if someone just starts out with email marketing, then you can start with 50-50. So let's say half of the emails are promo and the other half, they are uh, more like content, trust, send out your reviews. You can even ask for reviews and uh, just content the other half. And then you can tweak it, this percentage based on your experience, what works, what doesn't work. And what uh, tool would you recommend to track analytics of uh, you know media buying and Facebook ads? Oh yeah, that's a really great question.
1: We just found out a tool, I think a couple of months ago, and we are starting to build a great relationship with these people. The tool is called Triple Whale. This is for Shopify brands only, so it's extremely important to understand that. It's a fantastic tool that actually gives you the ability to track all your media across all channels, which we all know is a problem because yeah. Facebook will say, I generated this conversion. Google will say, I generated this conversion. And at the end of the day, all these platforms are telling different things. And it's extremely hard for the e marketing director to understand what's happening with my advertising budget. So Triple Triplewell gives you this kind of independent point of view, which I really like. You can also include in these numbers, in these dashboard what's happening with your email marketing, what's happening with your influencer marketing, your organic as well. So triple well will be a no-brainer if you own a Shopify
0: brand. Have you tried uh, other tools like Hyros or I still know agencies who use Google Analytics as their go-to tool?
1: Yeah, IROS, we're testing it right now with different info business. So okay. I do think it's, more, it's better for info business. And we also used two other tools in the past, which are called Sigmetrics and Wicked Reports. Two great tools as well. Wicked Reports is a great tool, maybe a bit more complicated to integrate because there's a lot of things to do and Segmetrics is great as well, but I would say that the interface, the user experience, is not as great as what I can see right now with Triple Whale and even Iros.
0: Bit more personal question: So, what was the hardest thing for you to learn in business?
1: To actually know what it what it means to be in business which I think a lot of people do not understand. Like it's now kind of cool to be an entrepreneur. It's great to put that on your LinkedIn. It's great to tell your friends in a in happy hour that you are a business owner. It's 20 times harder to live the life of a business owner because it looks great, but just to get to a point where you're, where you're going to make a little bit of money to live, it can take literally three to four to five years. And I think just understanding that, the only way to understand it is to live it. I remember a couple of years ago when I realized, oh, okay, that's what it means. I will need another two or three years of not making any money just so maybe at some point I can pay myself a salary. So I would say, like understanding what it is to be a business owner has been the hardest lesson
0: that I got. Yeah, yeah I think that's uh, really good. Especially young entrepreneurs, they should uh, understand it as well. What was your original purpose when you started out in the business world? The original motivation, the initial one?
1: I didn't think at that time that I would be an agency owner, to be totally frank. I saw yeah. a business opportunity. I would say I consider myself more a business person than an agency or marketing person. When I was younger, I was already like hosting events in nightclubs when I was super young and I was bringing these people by different strategies. So I was already in the business space. I'm still in, in the business space too. I saw an opportunity with social media. I took it and I didn't really have a purpose at the beginning, I just wanted to you know, do business because that's what I thought I would like. And on this one, I was right. I, I really like to be a business owner. I really like to create projects and run companies. So at the beginning, I didn't have any purpose. I only saw an opportunity. And the more I grew, the more I understood exactly how I could impact my client's life. And at that point, I realized that what I was bringing to the table was growth. That's what I was bringing up. We're unable to build a website. We're not people who are going to create logos. We're not people who are going to create products. But if you're able to have all of these together, we can definitely come after and help you to sell these things, help you grow. And at that moment that I realized, okay, our mission is to help these growing companies going from growth to hyper-growth. And that's where I realized exactly what, our mission was as as a company. So,
0: where are you located, by the way?
1: Yeah, Montreal, Canada.
0: So, do you work mostly with uh, American clients, English speaking clients, or French speaking? I'd both? say it's
1: a, it's a mix. It's a mix. So, our portfolio right now, I'd say maybe. of our clients are located in Canada. We have another, maybe 20% are located in Europe. We have a lot of clients in Europe and another 20% in the States. So we have the chance to see different areas, right? Because the things that are working in Europe right now are not necessarily the thing that are working in Canada or in United States. So we have this view on a lot of projects, a lot of companies. And this, I think, gives us the ability to advise our clients a little bit more because we're able to tell them, look, most of the time what's happening in the States is going to happen in Canada, but in three years, so we know the trend is coming and the same hypothesis would apply also for clients in Europe. So adding this 360 view uh, helps us to advise our clients in a better way.
0: It's interesting that you said the, that, you know, the three years, because we say the same Europe and I didn't know it's a thing in Canada as well. I thought that they are kind of, you know, almost the same. Uh, right, maybe three years.
1: Yeah. Maybe three years is a bit more, but uh, definitely the states are always in advance uh, mm-hmm. compared to Canada, and the trend is coming after so so yeah that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, so in this podcast, uh, I've had guests uh, most guests they are from the u s, but we had some Canadian folks and few Europeans as well. One of them was Yura a few episodes ago. He has this global mindset, which means that in Europe he tests out in Eastern European countries first, where things are easier usually. And then he goes to France, UK, Germany, Scandinavia, and uh, he has the local network in all of those countries. Mm, and my question to you, so can you see differences between these countries? And if yes, what kind of differences? And I don't just mean the, this time lagging, you know, the three years, but also that the creative doesn't work in, the, in Canada while it works in the US. It doesn't work in Europe. Or, or anything else, CPMS and yeah. uh, the platform itself.
1: Oh yeah, I see different things. That's that's actually a very very interesting topic. Let's say we go to the Facebook side of things because it's a thing that I know yeah. quite quite a lot. CPM in Europe are so 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 cheap compared to what I do see in Canada and the States. It's really really different by a magnitude of like two to four sometimes. Yeah. So so the CPM is way cheaper. On the flip side. On the flip side, we can also see that the purchase intent is lower. The purchase intent of the end consumer is lower. So the CPM is lower, but the purchase intent is lower because with these CPMs in the States or in Canada, the return on ad spend on our campaigns would be way, way higher than what we do see in Europe because the purchase intent is higher. So that's one of the things that I do see right now. It's way cheaper to advertise in Europe than it is in North America. But on the flip side, these people are not going to buy as easily that People that lives in Canada and United States.
0: Interesting. And uh, I have an email agency, so let me add that. So we can see the same for email marketing. We just had a discussion with our team that in Australia, Canada, US, and uh, in the UK, email works really well. Still, it works really well. And in France. Same, I would say, but in Germany and Austria, we cannot see those numbers and in Scandinavia. So that is a difference. And if you go to China, India, it doesn't work at all. In China, they don't use email. And, and, and
1: your clients, where are they located, Daniel? I'm, so
0: I'm 80% North America, 20% okay. Europe. We used to have an Indian client. We used to have one from Dubai. So one from Latin America. So we have experience with other countries, but still uh, we just know that in the English, speaking market in the big five countries, email the best. Mm, yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. No, I I agree. I totally agree with you. Like email is still a big, big thing in Canada and the States, in France as well. So it's yeah. so powerful. Like if people that run e-commerce brands are listening today and are not doing any email marketing, you're leaving so much money on the table. It's actually crazy.
0: Yeah. Everyone should do it. And same with SMS marketing, by the way. Yeah,
1: it's definitely,
0: it has its renaissance now. Do you do any other media buying like Google Ads, or YouTube? <laughs>
1: (laughs) Yeah, so like I told you a bit earlier, in October we acquired a Google Ads agency that we integrated Mm -hmm. into our company, which next week we're we're going to launch called Pure Commerce. So we realized that we were a little bit late to the party regarding Google Ads. The party started 15 years ago. We were late. So instead of building it ourselves, we realized it could be just faster to go and acquire another agency. We did that in the past. So that's what we did. We we knocked on a couple of doors. We found a good partnership that 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 we acquired. So because that now we're able to offer the service to the different e-com brands that work with us.
0: The other question I wanted to ask is, uh, let's say you are a brand in the US and Canada and you have these CPMs and buying intent is really high, as you said, and uh, you want to go to Europe. How would you do it? And then I will ask, how would you do it from Europe where you know the purse of the people is smaller and yeah. the budget of the
1: company? Yeah, so that's a good question. So let's say I go with your first example. Let's say I would go to the States, to Europe. The first thing I would do is just to make sure that I'm going in a country that speaks the same language. So let's say I'm going, I'm going from States to England. Okay. Yeah. The first thing I would do is the exact same thing. I would copy paste my campaigns and launch it and launch these campaigns in UK, in United Kingdom, let's say. Why would I do that? Because time is a very, very, very important thing to consider when you're running media. Having information tasks can dictate how big you're going, your company is going to be. So let's say I already have these assets, these marketing assets, these ad campaigns assets that I can take, put in a different account or in the same account and just you know target United Kingdom and test these campaigns. I would do it right away. It would take me literally maybe five minutes just to create a new audience. Then on this, based on the information, based on the results that these campaigns would get, based on the comments that I would see on the ad, I would then adjust. Let's see someone say, oh, it definitely looks like a foreign company coming to our country and trying to sell our product, it doesn't work. Okay fair enough, I will adjust the ad. I will adjust the campaign. But I saw in the past that you don't need to overthink these kinds of things. You test these things and based on the information that you get, you didn't adjust. And most of the time, the things that you're going to adjust will be the price, will be maybe a bit how you pronounce and say things. So that would be the main thing. Now, let's say we take the other example. I have campaigns in France that I would like to bring to Canada and the French part of Canada. The first thing that I would consider is I would accept that my campaigns are going to lose money right away. I would do the same thing, launch these campaigns and see what they do. But I would set my expectation to lose a bit of money right away because I know the CPM will be way, way, way higher. But then I will launch these campaigns and based on the information, I would then adjust. The only difference here is to adjust my expectation because I think a company that is running ads in the States and want to go to Europe has way better chance to convert than the opposite. So I do not think that in the first example, I would need to change my expectation. I do think that I could be confident about the kind of results that I would get compared to a company located in France that wants to advertise in the States. Why is that? I realize that, you know, and and that's one of the chances that we have in our company, having clients in Europe and the States and Canada, that let's say Canadian company that wants to start selling in France, our level of confidence in terms of, are we going to get results is way higher than when a company wants to go in the States because the market in the States is super, super, super crowded. Even if the purchase intent is higher, but the Market is so crowded then only going in the states and running ads it's clearly not enough because like we said earlier the most of the time they have three years in advance in the kind of things that you're going to do so in the kinds of advertising campaigns and the kind of strategy so you're bringing your strategy that on paper maybe you're, again, you're late to the party of at least three years. So because of that, there's a pretty good chance that your campaign is not necessarily going to work. So that's why I would set my expectation. There's a pretty good chance that I'm going to lose money. But advertising, especially online advertising, everything is about testing. So it's important to not overthink it, launch it, test it, and then adjust.
0: Yeah, I I really agree with that. I have the same uh, theory about this, that US is the most competitive and China, maybe it's more, but I don't speak Chinese, but I think in the Western world the US is the most competitive market and the marketing is probably the most advanced there and the other countries even Canada and European countries they are lagging behind it and the trends as well of course you need to test it and if it works then we are happy for you you know and then you can scale it in the US amazing good but uh, yeah it's hard it's harder than from it's harder than coming from the US to Europe and Canada and yeah Yeah. trying to set your expectations set your expectations thanks for the great conversation today Antoine and I learned a lot today I hope our listeners as well and uh, thanks to our listeners who listen to the live stream or uh, you are watching us on YouTube or listening to the podcast stay tuned every week we come with uh, two episodes now thanks again have a great day everyone